Kia ora and welcome to Business Your Way, a podcast where I take you behind the scenes and look at the strategies, systems and support needed to grow and scale an online service business. One that not only supports you and your family financially, but one that gives you the freedom to live the life of your dreams. I'm taking the many lessons learnt over the last two decades of running my own business and working with hundreds of clients to bring you what's working now conversations. I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you real stories from real people, including myself. We're going to talk about everything from how to get clarity on your vision, creating systems so you can automate and delegate, how to hire a kick-ass team that creates raving, returning and referring clients. We're even going to talk about how to kick those limiting beliefs to the curb so that you can flourish in your business. I'm your host, Sandra Julian, an Indigenous mama of three, fashion-loving sewist and business strategist. Each week, I want to help you dream big, plan well and do the work to grow and scale your business your way. Hey everyone, welcome back to Business Your Way. Today I am with Christy Cooper, who is a designer and owner of Cooper Heart Creative. Christy, welcome to Business Your Way. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I always like to get my guests to introduce themselves. So can you share with us who you are, what you do, and how you make your moolah? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I am a primarily web designer, sales page designer, brand designer. Um, I have a background in design. So that's kind of naturally where I built my business. And right now I primarily serve online businesses like coaches, consultants, service providers. I do a few local service providers, but primarily online businesses is who I serve. And I make my money by providing amazing services. (laughs) (laughs) And services in a VIP day model, right? Yes. Yeah. So I do a VIP design day. So basically this is a very streamlined container in order to do a design work project like a website. So it really is a, a more efficient process and easier to manage for both me and my clients. So instead of a website taking like three months, we get it done, you know, within a week. So great. I'd love to dive into that more, but maybe take us on a little bit of a journey of where your business started. Like how long ago did you start your business and what did it look like when you started? Yeah, so it has definitely changed. So when I started, I started on the side as like a freelancer doing design work on the side of my day job where I was working at a design agency. So I've been a designer my whole working life, so 22, 23 years, I don't know, crazy amount of time. Um, So I was working at a design agency and there were two things going on. I was both burned out of the work that I was doing there. It was very draining. I was uninspired. And I also was, I had, I had my first kid and just things were just changing, um, changing in my life side of things as well. And so I was, I was, I just started freelancing. Um, 
I was actually thinking about looking for another job, but then I got hit with a webinar Facebook ad for someone. And it just kind of like took me down that rabbit hole of like work from home jobs, you know, and I was looking at virtual assisting and I was like, well, I'm a designer. I could do design work from home. And that's how I started. So I did it on the side for two years, uh, starting back in 2017. And then with the birth of my second baby, I took the leap and went full-time in my business just because daycare was a challenge um, at the time, you know, it didn't make sense for us to pay for daycare for two kids. And so it was take the leap and have faith that I could go full-time in my business there at the end of 2018. So, so those very first clients when you were side hustling, you know, after hours, you know, after you'd spent your day doing your full-time day job, where did those clients come from? So I found them in the online world. So primarily via Facebook, I would either engage in Facebook groups and, you know, it would just kind of naturally come about. People would post their looking for design help. Um, At the time I was doing basically any design work anybody needed. So it might have been like a logo or social media graphics or whatever, right? And I was also forming connections with people in that online space. And so then I would start to get referrals or people would tag me. So I started to build, it's kind of like online networking, essentially. I mean, for me, that's fascinating because usually your very first clients come from within your own existing network when you kind of go, oh, you know, I'm doing, you know, some work on my own business alongside my full-time job. If you've got, you know, some design work that you'd like done, then, you know, I'm up for it. So really interesting to hear that your experience is different. It didn't come from your immediate networks. It came from, Facebook groups where you were hanging out in and participating in, obviously your right client was sitting in those groups, but that's a, it's something that I haven't heard before. You know, usually everyone I talk to is like, yeah, my first jobs came from within my network. So really interesting to hear your journey around that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I think part of that was intentional because I didn't want, because I was working at a design agency. I didn't want any conflict of interest in the local community, in the local business scene, you know? So I, yeah, it just kind of, it kind of just developed naturally, but yeah, my first clients were definitely people who didn't live anywhere near me (laughs) and like they were strangers essentially. Right. Like, and Mm. we just kind of formed connections and that's where they came from. So yeah, it's like I was building a new network versus using an existing one. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, you know, setting up, getting your first client, you didn't have any systems in place. How did you tackle the, what should my contract look like? How do I engage them? How do I invoice? What systems do I need? How did you approach all of that with your first clients? Yeah, let's see, that was a little while ago. So I was part of a membership at the time. So there were people who had different experiences of how they were doing their business. So I kind of took that information. I did a little bit of Googling and I I finally settled on just using a CRM that was being advertised at the time called Dubsado 
to just set up a contract and invoice. And my first contract was like, you know, I kind of Googled it and pulled some free contract, you know, free contract copy and like tweaked it myself for my very first few contracts. Um, That's what I did, which I I feel like was better than me having no contract. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know a lot of people who don't do contracts when they're first starting. So that was better than nothing. I wasn't necessarily legally sound, but (laughs) it was something (laughs) and set up my invoicing on there through Dubsado. So I had, I set up a Stripe account and a PayPal account. And that was basically it. Like I sent the contract and I sent the invoice through Dubsado and that that was it. And I, I, eventually I did actually purchase a contract template from a lawyer. So it was a lot more solid, more, a much more solid contract. And since I, I don't do, um, a lot of complex custom project work. I haven't felt the need to like retain a lawyer or anything or get a custom contract made Mm. at this point. So nice. And so what were, like, I'm interested to know the journey between, you know, when you very first started back in 2017 and just taking on jobs that led you through to deciding that the VIP day model was for you. So what were the jobs and how were you operating when you very first started? You know, were you taking on month-long, three-month-long website design jobs down to, you know, half-day logo design jobs? What did that service spectrum look like, I think I'm trying to ask you? <laughs> yeah, so it was definitely when I was first starting. So those first years, I was doing either project-based work. So it was someone needed, you know, a brand design and a website design, or someone needed a brand design or someone needed social media graphics or whatever. And I would just, I would do a custom proposal, custom contract, you know, I'd price it the best I could at the time, kind of based on hourly rough rates. And that's what I did. And then I started to take on a couple of retainer clients who just needed regular graphics on a monthly basis. Um, so I was doing project work and retainer work and it was fine. Like project work is all the only kind of work I'd ever done, you know, in my design jobs, um, you know, it was all project based. So what kind of changed? So I did, I started doing VIP days in 2020 and I, people had kind of, you know, people I was following or whatever I've been talking about, they did like an intensive service and they used it as like, a supplement to project work. Um, and so I kind of experimented with that for like a four hour. My, my work schedule was really weird then because I had children. And anyway, I wasn't working like a nine, nine to five hour schedule. But then I got inspired by someone else who was doing VIP design days. And she had transitioned completely to doing that as her whole business model. And I was like, that sounds really amazing. Like, because it really, well, one, it controls scope. So like your scope of work is really contained in this very structured container, but it also really streamlined the process for both me and my clients. So we didn't have to take three months to do a brand and a website. We could do the work in a much more compact and efficient manner because when you do project work, all your timelines kind of shift and overlap and like it was like you had a lot to manage on that side of things. So when I didn't have to manage that, everything was already scheduled. It just kind of made it easier and more simple. And so I transitioned to doing full VIP days in 
the middle of 2020, I guess, as I started to build momentum. So I stopped offering project work. I still have my retainer clients for a while. You know, I was on contracts with them um, probably end of 2021. But yeah, I, I basically transitioned into only doing VIP days completely in 2021 and now into 2022. So, yeah. I've been talking with other small business owners just recently, and you know these questions have come up around how do you manage price changing with clients without losing the clients? You know how do you bring on another team member without losing clients because they were, you know, this particular person she had lost a couple of clients because she had brought on another person in her business to help her and she'd raised her prices and the clients had gone, eh, it's no, no, I don't want that. I want what I was getting before. So there's this fine line in business around your business growth and keeping clients with what they are used to getting from you. So you know, moving from that retainer project work into VIP days, did you find that you lost clients or you just attracted a whole lot of new ones? Yeah, I I think I was definitely a mix of both of those. So I had some clients, I had numerous clients and it wasn't necessarily only VIP days. It was also when I was raising project work pricing, like they'd come back six months later, a year later, and the increased rate was you know, it just wasn't, it didn't make sense for them. So I definitely did lose returning clients because of price increases, but I also attracted additional clients. So I felt like it just kind of balanced out, you know, those that I lost and those that kept coming back. And like my two main retainer clients that I had that I no longer do retainers for, they still come back to me for VIP days. So I think there's something there about the quality of my work and the quality of my service that they still come back no matter what the price is. So it it is just finding the right clients and those ones that are price driven, they're not for you. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) If you're price driven, I'm probably not your girl. Um, Yeah. But I think that's a whole mindset that as entrepreneurs, we need to, I don't want to say get a grip on, but we need to be comfortable with that in our own selves and that losing a client isn't a bad thing. Losing a client is just making space for others who are a better fit to work with you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's so especially true when you are raising your rates. So you might lose a client who's paying half of your rate but you gain one client, you're getting double. Like it's the same as having two of your old clients, one new client, you know, so it can, it definitely transitions out and actually makes it easier for you to grow and to work and not have to work so many hours. (laughs) (laughs) So when you transitioned out of project work into VIP days, was there, you know, a big hike in your prices? What did the profitability look like for you? So not not necessarily what the client was paying, but that profitability level between your project work and your VIP days, did that make a difference to your business bottom line? It did make a difference because I think the main difference was 
how I was able to schedule in client projects. So I was actually able to schedule in more work because of the VIP day model. And so I had specific dates available and that like, if I could fill those dates, that was the income coming in versus with the project work, I was constantly managing the overlapping timelines and timeline shifting from older projects. And so it didn't feel as open to book in clients on top of that without overwhelming myself. And so, and then because of the VIP day model, I gradually raised that rate and, you know, then my bottom line kept going up. Yeah. And do you think that you are at your ideal VIP rate or do you think you've still got room to move? I think there's still some room to move. I'm, I am on the higher side for design days, but there are those who charge more. So I think there's still room for me to move there, especially as I introduce kind of lower price point offers for people who aren't ready to invest in that kind of custom design work that I do. Like when you hire me, you get strategy, you get custom design. Like I'm not working off a template or anything. Like it's all designed specifically for you and how we can make your website work for you or your sales page work best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's still value there. and. and there's inflation, you know, so I think yeah. prices will naturally go up. Because <laughs> mm. I think when people move into VIP days, and I suppose this is what I've seen, is they move into their like first round of VIP days and get their first kind of 10, 12 clients. And they, they're at a, what they call their like level entry rate of a VIP day. Like, can I make this work? You know, will people pay this before they then venture into, okay, now it's time to put my VIP day up. So, yeah, I'm, like I'm always fascinated to, you know, hear people's pricing model journey as well. Yeah, yeah. So I'm definitely, I'm at double the price I was originally from my VIP days at this point. So, yeah, it can definitely go up. I wanted to jump in here really quickly and ask you for a big favor. If you are loving this podcast and this episode, I would be grateful if you could share it with a friend. Or even better yet, jump over onto Instagram and share it on your stories. Don't forget to tag me, I'm sandrajulian.co. That really is the best way for others to find out about this podcast, and I thank you in advance. Alrighty, back to the episode. You know, another, another question that's like rattling around in my head VIP days are usually designed because you're a solo business, you just like working on your own, you don't have a big team, and it's a great model because there's not all of this other admin that comes with project and container type work. Do you think VIP days are scalable in terms of bringing a second person into your business to do the VIP day? So there's not just you doing the design work, but you have someone else who is working directly with your clients so you're selling twice as many VIP days because you've got two designers like have you explored that model have you thought through you know what does how does that appeal to you (laughs) yeah yeah I have definitely thought about that and I do have tentative plans to hire at some point in the future I'm kind of balancing between So I started like a template shop for kind of the more DIY people doing websites and things. And I'm actually introducing a kind of hybrid offer of the template and the VIP day where it's a VIP day that's shorter 
and it's for implementing that template for you. So you don't have to do any of the work. You just pick the template, do the content, and then we set it up for you. And by we, I mean me and my future, <laughs> my future hire, whoever that might be, because it would be a much more kind of like specific process. Whereas there's a lot more creativity involved in the custom VIP day design work. So it would need to be a very specific individual who had the skills to do a similar level of work that I do. So I think it is possible. It would just be finding that right person. I really like where you're headed and where you're thinking around, okay, so I've got some templates because there's still, even though you've got templates, there's still people who are like, I don't want to do that. I want that template, but I don't want to do that, right? So yes. actual designing a VIP day where it's just implementing the template they choose, which, you know, a different rate altogether, different price point, different person that would come into that. So, you know, diversifying your portfolio of services, because I'm a big fan of a diversified portfolio of services. So when something's not working, something else is, and you're not like dead in the water if all your eggs in one basket and you're done. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. It, it can kind of feel that way sometimes. You're like, oh, I only do VIP design days. Well, how can I scale this? You know, because I do hit capacity. Mm. Um, you know, I get booked out. Sometimes I've been booked as far as like three or four months out. So it just kind of varies, you know, and at that point I'm like, I'm, and you, you get stuck in the work too, like just doing all of the client fulfillment and everything. Yeah. Like what else can I do to scale that? And me personally, I have, I have a soft spot for people who are just starting, who are doing that DIY, you know, because I guess, because I was there, you know, I was that bootstrapping freelancer, you know, trying to do it all themselves. And I was like, I have design skills and I know what can help you. So, and, and I have so many clients who come to me who are like DIY'd it. And I'm like, you could have done so much better. So I try to, I want to serve those people too. And as my price rate has increased, you know, I'm not attainable for a lot of those people because of the investment level. So, yeah. Nice. I like how you're thinking. Tell me what your team looks like at the moment. Yeah. So I don't really have much team. I don't have a designer. I have a VA who does some social media scheduling stuff and email scheduling for me. And I have a bookkeeper. So that's about it. And has that changed from, you know, when you were doing project work to now doing VIP days? Has the team looked different or it's always been that kind of size and you've just worked out how you move your service offerings around that size team? Yeah, I know. I didn't hire a bookkeeper or a VA until I was at a certain revenue level. So, and that didn't happen until after the VIP days transition, like that VIP day transition really kind of initiated a lot of momentum in my business growth. And I think part of that is because I could serve so many more people in a month than I had before with project work. And so that turned into more word of mouth referrals. And so then I was getting more clients in. So it just kind of snowballed. And then I hit the revenue where I was like, I need to push some things off my plate because I'm busy. (laughs) (laughs) And a bookkeeper because I don't like doing my bookkeeping and the VAs within the past year or so. I'm still working on that. Like they they do pretty well, but I probably will just 
they're, I hired a VA from a VA agency mm-hmm. and they're great, but I think I can see in the future how I'll probably bring someone more in-house who can do a little more client management, admin stuff on my business side versus just like social media scheduling. So Yeah. Yeah. And help with that backend administration. So you can just focus on your strengths. Yes. Yes. Nice. How are you attracting clients? Like, again, that is another sticking point for, you know, small business owners is usually we get into business because we are good at what we do. So, you know, we're good at design or we're good at project management or we're good at, you know, whatever we're designing our business around. Client attraction is usually the one that where people get stuck because there's a visibility component of that. And how do I attract clients, especially when you've saturated your immediate network? What's your client attraction strategy? Right now, so I still do online networking. Um, So basically, that kind of looks like joining some memberships, still checking in on some Facebook groups. And then I get like most of my clients at this point are referrals from either previous clients or from people who have just kind of seen me in this space. And then they refer to me, like I get referrals from people I've never heard of. And I'm like, who's this person referring me? (laughs) And I think that was part of being visible. So I've done like some summits, I've done podcast interviews, you know, a little bit of visibility there. I have a social media presence. It's not huge. So that's really where my client attraction stuff is coming in. And I'm still experimenting on the template side of things as far as bringing in clients that way, our customers. Do you have any systems and processes? So when you have finished working with a client that you are asking them for a testimonial or asking them for the referral, you know, in order to have that full 360 back to the to the top of the funnel where you're bringing clients back into, you know, new clients back into the business. Are there any systems in your business around that? Yeah. So my whole VIP day, I set up, it's set up with a workflow um, in Dubsado. I have a workflow. Um, And so, you know, a lot of that's the onboarding process, but then I also have some stuff post day where they get, I request a testimonial survey. And then I also have a reminder for myself, like, I think I have it set for like 10 weeks out at this point, 10 weeks post project, um, where I send a check-in email and I just, you know, I offer them, I actually offer a returning client discount just a little bit, you know, I remind them that I have some, I have some smaller VIP day offers for previous clients. I'll do half days or quarter days if you've been a previous client, because mm-hmm. then the work is faster and I don't have to do the whole onboarding process. And I ask for a referral. So I have found that that kind of works pretty well. And I have a lot of them return to me. And so then it kind of repeats itself, you know, like then I remind them again of of who I am and what I do. And then, you know, I've had clients come back from like two or three years ago, you know, so I think part of the key to referrals is your client experience, Mm -hmm. as well as just doing good work, like make sure you're delivering that quality product, service, whatever it is that you're doing for them, make sure you're delivering that at a quality level that they expect. And what about the experience? Like how much attention? Because one, yes, we can do good quality work, but what's the client experience? So how much 
focus have you put on the client experience in you know putting together your service packages? Yeah, so I think a lot of that is being really organized and paying attention to the things that come up and the questions that come up when people are preparing for the project and then helping them prepare for the project. So in my VIP design days, you know, they get their welcome email, they get access to a client portal, I have a welcome video, and then I have like a checklist essentially a check. It's not a true checklist, but it's a checklist of things that they need to do to prepare for our work together. You know, there's a questionnaire, there's a schedule your strategy calls, you know, so I kind of just have it all laid out for them so that they know what to expect. And they're not like kind of wondering what they need to do, you know, and then I also have procedures in place to remind people because some people do that stuff right away. And some people forget. And so you have to remind them and check in on them and make sure that their project is on schedule. And yeah, just try to make it as smooth as possible. And then with my design clients, I also give them copywriting planners if they're writing their own copies. So it kind of eases a pain point of theirs if they're writing their own copy for their website or sales page. So talk to me a bit about that. What do you mean that you provide them with copy? What did you call it? Uh, it's a copywriting planner. So it's basically an outline structure that they can use as a guideline for writing their copies. And instead of sitting there and like, what do I write on my homepage? I'm like, well, here we go. <laughs> you got your hero section. This is where you need to have like a compelling headline that speaks to the results you offer, the transformation you offer that really speaks to your person. You know, what do you do? Who do you help? You know, and then we transition into intro copy. And then I just kind of guide them down the page of like, you can talk about this here, talk about this here. And in general terms, like it's flexible, like whatever they write, we can work with, but it gives them something to start with that really helps to make the website more effective or the sales page. They're doing a sales page. And do you find by the time people come to you, have they got that sorted? Like have they like thought about their copy, written their copy? Now they're just up to the design phase of it or they're coming to you where they're like I need a website but I've got no idea where to start so I'm going to start with you I get both I do a lot of redesign so I have people who have like an existing website or an existing sales page and so I I provide an audit of that page or website for them and then they can use that copywriter planner as kind of a way to write more effective copy than maybe what they did like three years ago or whatever. And then I have people who don't have anything and they just need a starting point. And then I have people who like, they've hired a copywriter and so the copy's already done, you know? So it really does depend on where they're at in the process. So it kind of, it's kind of across the board. And do you have like referral partners as in someone comes to you and they're like, right, I need a website I'm going to start wide design. I like your aesthetic. Like, this is what I want you to do for me, but I don't want to write my own copy. Can you refer me to a copywriter? Do you have partners that you collaborate with where they refer to you, you refer to them? Do you have anything like that in your business? I don't have any specific partners at this point. I do have a list of copywriters that I know do really good work. um, And I have referred clients to them before, you know, and obviously some copywriters refer to me, but I don't have any like formal formal partnership in place at this stage. I did used to do sort of a subcontracting position with an agency 
kind of an agency. Like she did business strategy, brand strategy and stuff. And then she would bring me in and she had it based on the VIP day model. So it really worked well to be a partner with her. But uh, as my business grew and my rates grew, it kind of didn't make sense to do a subcontracting rate at that point. Mm -hmm. But it was a really good way to kind of fill the gap as I was growing to kind of do subcontracting with someone, especially someone, you know, you can work really well with. So I think that was also key as we worked really well together. Uh, I like how you thought about that, you know, as you are growing your business, subcontracting was a, you know, was an option and worked well. And yeah, because we all have to start somewhere. Yeah. 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 You know, and I've not heard of anyone you know, think about that subcontracting unless they were, I'm just a freelancer and I start in the freelance world before I then move into, you know, doing VIP days or, you know, bringing in my my own clients and having multiple clients rather than just freelancing out to a, a specific mm-hmm. client. So very smart, very smart. What do you think your business is going to look like in the next 12 months? Well, I am planning to expand my template shop as well as that template VIP day offer. So I'm looking to expand that portion within the next year. Yeah, that's really my main focus right now. I think my custom VIP days will just continue to kind of book out. um, And then I'm focusing on serving more of those kind of earlier stage or lower investment point clients and customers Mm -hmm. at this point. So who will become return clients coming into that higher level custom once they've got their business up and running and a bit more sophisticated and as it grows up? I like that. Potentially, yeah, they could come up the pipeline and then, you know, two years from now, they're like, I need a custom website and, Mm. you know, we could work on that together. So super smart. All right. Final question for you. Um, What are three things that you would share with others who are growing a service-based business? Three things. Well, one would be don't give up. We all have low months, downtimes, bad days. Like don't give up. If this is something you really want to do, keep working at it because it's often slower than we think it should be because of all the flashy business coaches and stuff are like, I made six figures in a month or whatever. So we think it should be faster, but it really slow and steady is a much easier way to grow. (laughs) Let's see what else. Take care of yourself. Like make sure you get enough sleep, you know, don't like give up your whole life just for your business because I mean, we only have one life, right? So (laughs) let's spend it with our family and friends and um, not lose hours of sleep on our business. And The next thing is, and this is a lesson I constantly learn for myself, is don't be afraid of trying and failing because especially I come from like, you know, going to school and getting straight A's and like that kind of like, there's always a right answer kind of mindset versus like in business, it really is trying it and seeing what works and failing and trying again and just like not being afraid to fail. We're just learning. We're learning and we're growing. We're learning and we're growing. Exactly. Those are very wise tips indeed, because we get into business so we can live the life on our terms. So yes, learning how to 
create a business without sacrificing other areas of your life. And yeah, creating that well-balanced. All of those three tips that you just gave just spoke to my heart for sure. Okay. Christy, thanks for joining us today and sharing all the behind the scenes in your business. Probably questions that I just threw at you that you were like, um, okay. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. (laughs) Can you share where people can come find you if they're interested in what you do as a VIP day or having a look and checking out your templates? Where can they come and find you, be in your world, get to know you a little bit more? Yeah. So I have two websites. So my main one is cooperandheart.com. That's where you can learn about my VIP design days. Um, And then my templates are at iheartemplates.com. And I'm on Instagram at cooperandheart. Beautiful. I will put those links in the show note, but Thanks so much for coming, joining me. It's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast and talk about all things that go on behind the scenes. I'll definitely go and have a look at your templates as well. So thanks again, Christy. Thank you. Before you go today, I wanted to say thank you for being here and listening all the way to the end. All of the links to this week's episode can be found in the show notes. Or if you like to read a really good blog, then you can head over to my website at sandrajulian.co forward slash podcast. Now you've probably realized that running a business is not for the faint hearted. There are challenges coming at you left, right and center every day. But I'm here to tell you that challenges are only challenges because you haven't yet found an answer to them. The solution could actually be easier than you may think. But if you're anything like me, you tend to overthink or overanalyze the solution that is right in front of you. So what do you have to do to become the best boss you could possibly be? Well, you could go and take my two-minute free agency owner persona quiz at sandrajulian.co forward slash quiz. Here you'll find out how you can scale and streamline your business without compromising you and your lifestyle. I can't wait to know what your results are. So once you've done the quiz, why don't you take a screenshot, jump over to Instagram, share it on your stories, and don't forget to tag me. I'm at sandrajulian.co. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure that you hit the subscribe button to get notified of the new episodes as soon as they're released. And if you listen on Spotify or the Apple Podcast app, then I'd really appreciate if you could rate the show and perhaps leave a quick review if you are on the Apple app. Those five stars would mean the world to me and it would help get this show in the ears of more online service business owners. Alrighty, my friend, have the most productive week and I will talk to you again real soon.